EO Fire Bonus November 2015 Income Reports. Seize that opportunity and just do it. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you subscribed to our Fire Nation newsletter? Why the heck not? Text EO Fire to 33444. That's EO Fire, all one word, no spaces, to 33444, and you'll receive value bombs galore. Ignite. What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here, and we have a little bit of a treat for you today. There's not just me, there's not just Kate, there's not just Josh, but we actually have a special guest on today to make a foursome, and I can't wait to get into the topics because they are going to be awesome for you, the entrepreneur. But first, let's give a little snapshot about what happened in November income-wise for EO Fire, and of course, as you know, we're going to dive into all the juicy details throughout this entire income report. So our gross income for November 2015, $152,275. Expenses, $80,000 for a total net profit of $71,691. A massive difference from October, which we generated over $500,000. And there is a very specific reason why November looks a lot different than October. And we're going to get into all of those details and they will be very, very eye-opening. But before we even get into all of that, and we have some super cool things that Kate and I did for fun, believe it or not, we also have fun every now and then as well. We want to kind of get down to business with our CPA on fire, Josh Bowerly, because this guy has been breaking down auditing. And this is a scary topic, but one that we need to listen to Fire Nation. It's like, you know, sitting around that campfire, like you don't want to listen to the scary stories, but you should. This is what this is all about. We did a part one back in October. Josh is going to be breaking down the audit series part two. And of course, we're going to be breaking this down again for you after he talks. But if you ever have any questions, you want to be visiting cpaonfire.com or just email Josh directly, josh at cpaonfire.com. He is there for you, Fire Nation, to have more in-depth, more personalized conversations. So Josh, I'm going to hand it over to you, my man. Take it away for the tax tip of the month, the audit series, part two. Kind of like the campfire analogy. I think we should title this campfire audit stories. Yes. <laughs> so no, like you said, this is part two. Uh, if you didn't hear part one, there's there's two big takeaways I want you to get. Number one, you're incredibly unlikely to be audited. And number two, even if you are audited, it's probably going to be a low pressure correspondence audit where they just mail you a letter asking for further clarification. All right. So this doesn't have to be a super scary topic, but I realized that just the word audit and the IRS, it is scary. And I know Fire Nation wants to know how they can take those chances of being audited down even further. So today I have two tips. The two big reasons I see most people who do get audited, this is why they get audited. All right. So number one is they don't report all of their income or they don't report all of their income correctly. Okay. And a lot of people don't know this, but when you receive a tax form from a client or an employer, so like a W-2 or a 1099, if you receive that, that means that 
they sent another copy to the IRS. So the IRS knows you received that. And if you don't claim it exactly as it's reported on there on your tax return, they're going to come after you with uh, some type of correspondence audit. All right. So this is what I see happening in, in most of the audit situations I deal with. So sometimes someone will get a small W-2 at the beginning of the year. So let's say they work somewhere just part-time for two months. A year later, they go to do their taxes, forgot all about it. Maybe they moved and never received the W-2. They don't claim it on their tax return. All of a sudden, a year later, the IRS mails a letter saying, whoa, wait a minute, you had this $1,500 W-2 that you didn't claim. We want $600 additional taxes for it. Okay, so completely innocent mistake, but it triggers the IRS's attention and they mail you a letter. The other way I see this happening, and this is especially true for entrepreneurs, they'll get a 1099 from a client. Okay, so let's say that, uh, John, you did some consulting work for someone and they paid you $20,000. Okay, nice. <laughs> a couple hours work, $20,000. <laughs> and they mail you a 1099 for that. Okay. You put it in your gross receipts, like you're supposed to do, but you mistakenly don't separately report that 1099. Okay, so you reported the income, but you didn't report it correctly. So the IRS only sees that you did not include that 1099, and they think that that $20,000 is not included in your income. So now they're mailing you a letter saying, hey, wait a minute, you had this additional $20,000, not knowing that you reported in your gross receipts, and now they're wanting a whole bunch of taxes and penalties and interest from you. Okay, so this both super innocent mistakes, but you got to do this right. You got to make sure you're reporting all of your income, and you got to make sure, most importantly, that you're reporting it correctly. Okay, this is why don't try to do your taxes yourself when you're an entrepreneur. Okay, you got to report it correctly. Um, it, it, Obviously, some people try to not report their income purposely. I know Fire Nation would never do that. Never. But there, no. But there is actually one belief that I've heard people mention that there, there's a threshold that you don't have to report, like a W-2 or a 1099. That is not true. Even if it's for $100, you got to report it. Okay? So report all that income. Report it correctly. The second way I see people being audited is they choose a bad tax preparer. And the reason this happens is every tax preparer has to have a number with the IRS called a PTIN number. And every time they submit a tax return, they're reporting it with that number. So the IRS sees every tax return that they report. Okay. So if they prepare 100 returns that are all wrong or all fraudulent, and you're the 101st return that they prepare, guess what? They're going to assume that yours is wrong or fraudulent too. Okay. So you've got to be super careful about who you have prepare your taxes. Because not only are they, is a good tax preparer probably going to save you money, but they're also going to keep you out of trouble with the IRS, hopefully. Okay, so the natural question next is how do you know if someone's a good tax preparer? This is going to sound a little self-serving. I highly recommend using a CPA. Uh, a few reasons for that. Number one, as a CPA, having my CPA, you know that I have a college degree in accounting. You know that I have at least two years of experience under another CPA. You know that I have 40 hours of continuing education every single year on taxes. And you know that I had to pass four really hard tests to get that. Okay, so you know that there's a background there. You know that I have experience. You know that I've had the education. Not that that guarantees anything, but it's a good starting point, right? You go into a place like H&R Block or any chain shop, okay, that you, you don't know what you're getting. I'm sure they have some super good tax preparers. I'm sure that guy that wears the bow tie for H&R Block, <laughs> I'm sure he can prepare some mad tax returns, all right? But you don't know what you're going to get. There's no guarantees. 
With the CPA, you know a little bit about their background. You know that they haven't had many, many ethical concerns or they could lose their CPA. So you just can be a little, have a little bit more assurance. Okay, so those are my two tips. Report your income and report it correctly and use a good tax preparer. Get referrals, use a CPA, do what you got to do, but make sure they know what they're doing. Right? And there's, there's one thing I want you to note that I did not include in there. I did not include anything about tax deductions that could trigger the IRS's attention. And that's because I don't believe in preparing your tax return based on being scared of an audit. Take the deductions you're entitled to and let the IRS look around if they want to. We know we did it the right way and we're going to take every deduction we're entitled to. Now, Fire Nation, this is Josh Bowerly. He is a CPA on fire and he has a killer free video training course for you for finance lessons entrepreneurs can't afford to miss. Visit cpaonfire.com. And again, Josh is always stoked to chat with you. Josh at cpaonfire.com. This guy knows what he's talking about. Josh, any final words? So to get that course, it's cpaonfire.com slash fire nation. And it's a, it's a free course on choosing the right business entity, something that could save you tens of thousands of dollars. Awesome. And we have that linked up right in the income report, which is eofire.com slash income 27. Josh, thanks for hanging out, brother. Yeah, thanks. See you next month. Peace. So Fire Nation, Josh kept it a little short today, a little shorter than normal because we have a fourth guest on, one of the four horsemen today that I alluded to at the beginning of this interview. And he's here now. He's here standing by ready to join us. His name is David Lizerbram, business law strategist and host of Products of the Mind, which is a conversation about the intersection of business and creativity. I know David because he's a San Diegan. We hang out here in San Diego. We were just having dinner the other night with another great couple, Omar and Nicole of $100 MBA. He's a great dude. He's an entrepreneur himself. He's a lawyer. He knows what he's talking about. And when it came time for me to trademark a number of things within EO Fire, I knew there was one guy to go to, and that one guy was David. Now, what he's going to be breaking down for us today is the number one thing most entrepreneurs don't know about trademarks that could hurt them, by the way, by not knowing this one thing that, again, most entrepreneurs, myself included, probably don't know about trademarks. So right now, we have four trademarks in the fire with David. He's making sure that these are getting pushed along down the line. And I know before long, we will have these four trademarks under our belt, which is really going to be a comforting thought. So I'm very thankful to David for that and just for being a friend and just for being somebody that we can reach out to when we have questions about this and that and the wild world of law. So without any further ado, David, my man, say what's up to Fire Nation. Share with us what you're going to be talking about today, then just dive on in. Hey, John. Hey, Kate. Hey, Josh. Hey, Fire Nation. Yes. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for the nice intro. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the number one thing most entrepreneurs don't know about trademarks that could hurt them. But we're going to start with a little scene. This is like the magic of audio, right? So <laughs> picture this. You just listened to another amazing episode of EO Fire. And in a moment of entrepreneurial inspiration, you finally think of the absolutely perfect product for your niche. Or niche, either way. Um, you know it's going to turn into a lasting success, and you can already picture yourself being interviewed by JLD himself <gasps> on a future EO Fire episode, sharing your aha moment. You're ready to go. All right, so you've got your idea. What's the first thing you have to do? You don't have to guess. I'm going to tell you. You got to <laughs> name it, right? You got to figure out what you're going to call your product. 
But before you do, there's something you need to know. And I just to kind of set the scene here, like you said, I've been helping innovative entrepreneurs secure their intellectual property assets for over 10 years. And, you know, in that time, I've sort of discovered the number one most important things entrepreneurs don't know about trademarks. I want to throw out a definition because not everybody knows these terms. And I know we lawyers like to throw around terms. A trademark is anything that identifies you as the source of your products and services. So typically when we say trademark, we're referring to a brand name, a business name, a logo or a tagline. So Nike, the word Nike, the phrase just do it, the Nike swoosh, these are all trademarks. Got it? All right. So what's the number one thing you need to know? I'm not going to build it up anymore. I'm going to give it to you. It's that if someone else is competing in the same space as you and they're using the same brand name or a similar brand name, you can't use that trademark. They got there ahead of you. So a lot of people hear that and they go, well, that's easy. Not a problem. I already checked the trademark office website in the U.S. That's the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. You know, this applies just about anywhere. It's not just for U.S. listeners. Um, people will log on and they'll go to that website, USPTO.gov or whatever it is. They'll type in their brand name. Nothing comes up and they go, all right, I'm good to go, right? But unfortunately, it's not quite that easy. And that's what I want to tell Fire Nation about. If a competitor is using a similar brand name, even if they've never filed anything, they've never filed for a trademark, they never even thought about it, they still might have legal rights that are superior to yours. And if you use that name, you might be walking into a lawsuit, which is not something anybody mm -hmm. wants to have happen. So you got to dig deeper and do what we lawyers like to call due diligence. I feel like when I say due diligence, you should play some scary music like Darth Vader. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There you go. Ah! Okay. See, these guys are good. Um, <laughs> all right. So you can start by Googling every variation of the name you can think of, do different spellings, um, you know, just kind of try to be creative with it. Think about where the products or services could be found. So if you're doing a physical product, you could look on Amazon and see if there's are similar names. If it's a brick and mortar business, you can look on Yelp. Um, you know, that's a good start. If you want the highest level of protection, of course, you can hire an attorney to do a full trademark search and provide a legal opinion on the availability of your preferred brand name. So remember, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, your brand name might be the single most valuable asset you own. If you're serious about your business, you got to make sure to allocate time and resources to confirm you can really own and protect that asset. And I want to throw out a final bonus tip. Can I, can I do a bonus tip real quick? Yeah. All right. John, people often ask me how long trademarks can last, and here's the answer. They can last forever. Some trademarks have been in use and generating profits for hundreds of years. Think of like Coca-Cola or something like that. It lasts forever. So you got to make sure you get it right at the beginning and set yourself up for long-term success, and uh, I hope that was helpful for Fire Nation. It was super helpful for me. I have no doubt that Fire Nation has the arsenal and the ammunition now to be a little bit dangerous. And of course, Fire Nation, I really want to kind of just get into saying, yeah, you can check on Yelp, you can do this and that. But if you're really looking to create a long lasting business, something that you can be proud of, that you can be secure in, you need to invest in yourself. Just like you invest in yourself with a mentor, with a mastermind, with podcasters paradise, with things along these lines, you need to invest in yourself to protect yourself. You know, that's why 
We're doing that with David for a number of trademarks that we want to get locked in, Podcaster's Paradise being one, of course, for the long term, because we're looking to build real long-term businesses. So go for that highest level if and when you are able to, not after you're able to, but when you are able to do so. So again, guys, David is here in San Diego, but of course he's online, he's virtual. David, I know you have something special for Fire Nation, so what's the deal with that and where can we find it? Of course. Well, it's the holiday season, so I brought a gift. (laughs) I have a checklist called Intellectual Property for Entrepreneurs. It's all on one page, trademarks, copyrights, patents, trade secrets, just the high-level stuff you need to know. And it's available at productsofthemind.net slash eofire. Say that one more time. Products of the Mind is the name of my podcast, so it's all tied together. Productsofthemind.net slash eofire will bring you right to that checklist, and it's free, and it's, uh, it's available. Killer. Well, Fire Nation, we will absolutemente be locking that down and be also linking it up on our show notes page, which again is eofire.com slash income 27. Go straight to that link that David just shared or come to the actual income report and click to it because we're going to be linking up to him as well. And again, he's got a great podcast, Products of the Mind. It's a great conversation about the intersection of business and creativity. So David, thank you for joining us, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, David. Yeah. So Fire Nation, I really hope you're taking in all that important stuff that David and Josh both dropped. I mean, this is important stuff as we grow our businesses. Now, I will say it's it's kind of shocking to me. I mean, it's 17-ish minutes into this podcast, and we still haven't heard more than a couple words from the classy Kate Erickson. That needs to stop because we're going to be breaking down what went down in November in the land of EO Fire, and we have some awesome things to talk about. First thing I want to talk about, and I want you, Kate, to talk about it, is the Podcaster's Paradise Crew. So get on that mic, come say what's up, and break it down for us. I like it when you call me classy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's up, Fire Nation? Super excited to be breaking down what went down in November because, John, you alluded to it at the beginning of this episode. You know, you and I kind of know how to have fun sometimes, believe it or not. Um, And we definitely took full advantage of that in November. And the Podcasters Paradise Cruise was one of those things. I mean, this was a long time coming for us. We'd been planning the Podcasters Paradise Cruise with Dan Franks and Jared Easley, two of the four guys behind Podcast Movement. They're the ones that helped us put this cruise together. And you've heard us talk about it on past income reports. I actually put together an entire recap post where I really break down everything about the cruise. I mean, I talk about how we came up with the idea. I talk about how we prepared for it. I talk about, you know, the speakers and every single one of the sessions. I have key takeaways from all of the sessions, which were so amazing. Probably some of the best sessions I've ever seen at a conference, actually. And um, so if you want to check out all the nitty gritty details, I definitely encourage you to check out that recap post. But what we have linked up in the income report is a three-minute video that was created by Matt and Alyssa. And actually, you're quite familiar with Matt if you listen to our income reports because he was our guest. Was that August, John? Yeah, I think two episodes ago. Yeah, but he is an amazing videographer, him and Alyssa, their partners, at Repeat Productions. And they came with us on the cruise as our videographers and as attendees. And they put together such a killer sizzle reel. You'll remember maybe um, Matt from the sizzle reel from Podcast Movement. 
So very similar sizzle reel that really gives you a good feel for the vibe of the cruise. What an amazing time we had on the cruise. The value bombs that were dropped. I mean, there's one part where he gets into Chris Brogan's talk and it's like just a super powerful moment. Um, and so I highly encourage you check that out. John, I think one of my biggest lessons learned from the cruise, and I have a ton of them over on my recap post, but one that I want to make sure and talk about right now is that we could have spent a really long time wondering whether or not the cruise was a good idea. Like, is this going to work? Are people going to buy a ticket? Are people going to join us? Are they going to invest in this experience that we're providing? Is intimacy the way to go? You know, have a small group of people versus a big group of people. Um, what's going to happen once we get on board? These are all things that we could have continued to spin our wheels with. And we perhaps never would have done the cruise if we would have focused on all that stuff. The most important part is that we jumped in we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know whether or not it was going to work, but we did it. And that's how we learned our lessons. That's how we learned how to do a better cruise next time. That's how we learned how we could be better event planners and hosts and, you know, what it's like to actually host an event, period. So whether it's, you know, launching a podcast, launching a blog, writing a book, um, starting to do videos in your business, like this could just literally apply to anything. If you're wondering what's going to happen or what it's going to be like or whether or not it's going to be successful, the best way for you to find that out is to just do it because you will have more lessons learned from the experience of trying than anybody could ever teach you. So much gold there, Fire Nation. And, you know, just as Kate's talking, I'm going back over the week and I'm thinking about how amazing an experience it was for me for the speakers, and just as importantly, even more importantly, the attendees. I mean, we had Andrew Warner, Chase Reese, Chris Brogan, Chris Ducker, Donald Kelly, Tim Page, Omar Zenholm, Jill and Josh Stanton, and of course, Dan Franks and Jared Easley. And it was just an all-star cast. But guess what? These guys and gals, they were just cruisers with the rest of the attendees. And we had dinners together. We did wave riders together. We climbed walls. We went snorkeling. We went hiking. We did all of these things. And we have real friendships with attendees, speakers alike. It was an amazing opportunity that just doesn't happen at conferences. And, you know, just thinking back to Chase was our MC and he's hysterical. If you don't know Chase Reeves, fizzle.co, he was saying that our cruise ship was moving at the speed of a seagull. And it was just like <laughs> so classic, like so funny, like so well-timed. I was just like, oh, this guy is just, it was just so cool to get to know people like this on such a cool level. So, of course, we want you to check out this uh, income report with all the details at eofire.com slash income27, but you can go straight to podcastcruise.com and check that out because we got the video there, but we also have the email signups. You can be the first person to know about when we open up the 2016 podcast cruise. It's not just for Podcast Paradise members. It's not even just for podcasters. It is for entrepreneurs who are looking to have an amazing experience. And of course, we want you to at least be thinking about doing a podcast at some point, and this is going to be a great base for you to do so. We're going to keep it small and intimate, and tickets will be going fast. So moving on and shifting back to Kate, I want to talk about closing the doors of paradise. I alluded again at the beginning why we had such a monster month in October. I mean, $542,000 of gross revenue. 
and why the month of November was, I don't even know the percentage, but like, uh, you know, a hundred plus thousand dollars, $171,000 that we did, $152,000, sorry, that we did for gross income in the month of November. So, you know, subtract basically $400,000. Where did that all go? Well, I can tell you where that went is that went into a massively successful launch that we did, which was an anti-launch in a way, of closing the doors of paradise. And we did it for three days. We brought in 164 members, which results in over $200,000 in revenue, Fire Nation. And Kate's going to kind of take us through that, talk about the three major reasons why we closed the doors, and just really inside our heads when it comes to this. John, you talked about the three major reasons why we closed the doors, because If you look at our October income report and see the revenue that was generated as a result of us closing the doors, then you would probably be thinking, why on earth did you close the doors for an entire month? Because as you will see on this income report, we essentially brought in zero revenue for new members for Podcasters Paradise. The doors were closed. People couldn't join. But there are three major reasons why we closed the door. Number one, we just talked about the Podcasters Paradise Cruise. That happened for the first week in November. So we were gone November 1st through November 7th. Not to mention all the prep that we've been doing for the launch of the Freedom Journal, which is coming up so super fast. And it's so exciting. We're going to be talking about that in a bit more detail in just a few minutes. And we knew that our focus had to be on these two things in November. You look at a business like EO Fire and from the outside, you see all these different moving pieces going on, but that doesn't mean that we don't pause to focus on specific things at specific times. November is a perfect example of that. Our focus was on the Freedom Journal and the cruise, and we knew that it had to be there in order for those two things to move forward. So that was reason number one. Reason number two, we had some major improvements that we wanted to make within the community. And knowing what it takes to welcome and onboard our new members, which we talked about in previous income reports, we decided that having the space to make those improvements without having the, you know, the time and the bandwidth and the energy that it takes from our team to welcome and onboard new members, that it would be well worth a break for us because the improvements that we were able to make to the membership site, um, adding things like live chat to the site so that we could provide better service to our members. Um, we added a podcasters paradise job board, which I'm really excited about. And um, that's basically just so that members within the community can post services that they offer. So, John, I know you like to say, you know, we're keeping it in the family. Keep so, it in the family. <laughs> if anyone in Podcasters Paradise is looking for a service, like let's say somebody asks for audio editing um, recommendations, you could go to the Podcasters Paradise job board and you could see there what members offer those services And you can help another paradiser out by maybe hiring them for the job and knowing that you can connect with them directly and potentially already have a relationship with them because of the community. Wow. I mean, Fire Nation, Kate just broke it down for us. The live chat, the paradise job board, and plus just the fact that, hey, we want to make every experience amazing for people that join paradise. And we're going to be on a cruise ship and be focusing on other things for certain times. Like, hey, let's just press the pause button. And a word that I really love and I use in a newsletter that a lot of you got recently, urgency. There's nothing wrong with creating a little urgency for your clients, for your customers, for your listeners, for your fans. And that's exactly what we did by saying, hey, 
The doors to paradise are closing for the next month. We will be removing lifetime membership. And when the doors reopen, it's going to be a different pricing structure and it's not going to be as good as it is now. So if you want to join, now is the time. 164 people rose their hands, raised their hands and said, yes, I want in. Boom. Here we have an amazing month of October. You know, I'm not complaining about putting $71,000 of net profit in our pockets for the month of November. We still have a very healthy business uh, without Paradise, with Paradise on pause. And now we're back up and running here in December and looking forward to a great end of the year. So great stuff. Kate, anything you want to say to close that down? Well, I didn't mention the third reason why we closed the door, but you just touched on it. And that was um, the move from lifetime membership to a monthly or annual recurring membership. So that was another reason for the close is we wanted to make sure that that was going to be a smooth transition. And if you think about that on the outside, okay, well, you just, you know, change your order forms. And instead of having a lifetime membership, people just pay recurring. But on the back end of that, there's a lot of different moving pieces and things that have to be in place in order to make that a smooth transition. Um, things inside Infusionsoft, switching up order forms, making sure that the um, you know welcome campaigns are being triggered by the right products. So that was also something that we really wanted to be careful and pay close attention to so that when we did reopen the doors, which we did in December, um, and you can check out December's monthly income report, we're going to be sharing all the numbers and the behind the scenes of what happened when we reopened the doors. Um, but that was reason number three. So th- I just wanted to add that. Booyah. Now, Fire Nation, we just went through that entire scenario of, you know, the pros and the cons and, you know, the urgency versus scarcity and just the whole mindset about running your online business. And, and we've actually been talking about a lot today now that I think about it as we are past 30 minutes with a CPA, with a lawyer, all this stuff. We're going to talk about something kind of fun right now. And that's what I want to call a Saturday sunrise hike. I mean, how can you get 10 entrepreneurs awake at 4.30 a.m. on a Saturday to hike a mountain in what was really about 45 to 50 degree weather here in San Diego? Well, let me tell you a quick story. This is how it all materialized. We're going to rewind about six months. So I'm back in Maine and my best friend's parents come over and they say, John, We were at our lake house. We bumped into this incredibly cool couple. They're like in their 20s. They're traveling the country in a Winnebago or this van, actually. They're called Mr. and Mrs. Adventure. We thought they were super cool. We actually gave them a ride to the islands that's on our lake so they could take a quick hike and do the thing. And, And they're just really cool people. And again, this is my best friend's parents. And they didn't really know the entrepreneurial side of what I do that much. They had an idea. So they just said, you should probably check them out. So I went on their website. I was like, wow, Mr. and Mrs. Adventure.com got things going on. These are super cool people, travel bloggers, just getting out in the world and doing some cool things. So I said, you know what? Because they were so nice to my best friend's parents and because they obviously are just out there having a blast, I'm going to ask them to be on EO Fire. So I filled the contact form asked them to come on EO Fire. I immediately got a response from Brittany and she said, oh my God, Drew's gonna freak out. He's been listening to your show for two years. This will be amazing. You know, fast forward four months, I actually interviewed them on EO Fire because that was just the next available spot I had for the show. 
And it was a killer interview. These two were just so cool. They were having a blast. And at the end, they just said, hey, by the way, John, we're going to be in San Diego next week, and we're going to hike Cowles Mountain, which is the highest point in San Diego proper. What do you think about joining us? And I looked at my schedule, and I said, I just can't do it. I just have a crazy schedule. And I hung up, and I said, you know, it's a bummer. I'm not going to be able to hang out with these people because they're super cool. I love their vibe. I love what they're doing in this world. So I looked at my schedule again, and I said, man, the only time that I can do this that makes sense is to do a Saturday sunrise hike. So I emailed them back and I said, hey, this is when I can do it. I think we can make it happen. This is even before I asked Kate if she was down with this because I was like, I'm going to go if they want to go. I hope Kate joins me. And sure enough, Brittany and Drew emailed back and said, hey, we are there with bells on, count it. And I walked into the other room. I asked Kate. She's like, whoa, that's early, but sounds pretty cool. Count me in. So then it was the four of us. And then I just said, hey, I'm going to open this up a little bit. And before I knew it, there were 10 of us Saturday morning, just a couple weeks ago, standing at the base of Cowles Mountain. We did the hike. We got there 10 minutes before sunrise. If any of you follow me on Instagram, you saw a killer sunrise video that I took as the sun rose over the mountains in San Diego. We all had this amazing experience at the top. Then we all had a killer trek down. We did a nice Denny's breakfast where we just hung out for a couple hours, had an amazing moons over my hammy and you name it. It was on our, it was on the tables. We had an absolute blast. And I just wanted to kind of break this in because, you know, this is stuff that is part of living. It's part of life. You know, we seized that Saturday. We could have slept until nine and, and not really done much that day. But, you know, we, we stepped up. We met a couple great people. We got some other great people together and we had a blast. Kate, what say you? Okay, first of all, this was such a small world, the way that we came to meet Brittany and Drew. And to not only have the experience of meeting them in person and kind of like bring that story full circle of, you know, your best friend's parents meeting them totally randomly in Maine, that story getting back to you, then them being in San Diego and going on this hike with us. And I so distinctly remember, and this is just going to kind of echo a bit what you just said, but the night before you and I are getting ready for bed and you're like, you know what, you, you know, you don't have, I know you were kind of joking, but I remember you saying, you don't have to go. I can bring you, I'll bring you breakfast in bed after the hike. (laughs) Like you just stay in bed and sleep in tomorrow. And I thought, no way. And you talked about seizing that opportunity. And I think that that is perhaps even more important as you become an entrepreneur, because you get so fired up and excited and ingrained really in your business that you got to take that time out and seizing opportunities like this one did. Was I super, super excited about getting up at 430 in the morning? Well, to be honest, not really, but I was super, super excited about having a new experience, trying something new that I don't always do, getting to meet new people and just getting outside. Like, I mean, there are entire days that go by, John, when you and I maybe don't get outside, not until later in the day anyway. So um, I really encourage you to think about that. The next time you're invited someplace that's different, the next time you're invited to participate in something that might be a little bit uncomfortable, seize that opportunity and just do it. 
And to put a little icing on the cake for Brittany and Drew, you know, we're hiking up and it's Michael O'Neill's birthday party that night and he was going to keep it super low key, just a couple people. Like he was very specific, hey, I'm just going to have a couple people over. So myself and Kate were going and maybe one or two other people were going to have a nice quiet birthday hangout with Michael O'Neill. And he was just, he was on that hike with us in the morning and he was just so inspired by how energetic and full of life everybody on that hike was that he invited all 10 of us to his party and we all went and had a blast. You could barely move in there. (laughs) There were so many people. It was packed. It was a good time. So just kind of one of those things, guys, you just never know. And to kind of keep the story going, you know, about a month and a half ago, I get an email from my alumni association and it says, Hey, John, we know you're out in California. I mean, it was a form letter to all like the West Coast alumni of Providence College, my um, alma mater. And it said, Hey, John, like, you know, we know you're a West Coaster. Um, and the Friars actually are in the John Wooden tournaments um, with some other great teams. There's a total of eight teams, number three, Michigan State, number 11, Arizona, and some other really good teams are involved as well. Um, there's going to be three games in four days up in Anaheim. Do you want to go? You can get tickets through us, um, very cheap. And, you know, we're putting together a couple of get togethers. And I said, oh, heck yes. Like, if there's something that I love more than watching Providence College basketball, like, it, it, her name is Kate Erickson. I mean, that's it. You know, that's the only thing right Aww. there. <laughs> and so it was an absolute yes for me to just jump on those tickets and to make it happen. And so Kate and I drove up last week, actually on Thanksgiving Day. We drove up, um, we got a nice Airbnb right next to Cal State Fullerton where the games were, went to the game on Thursday, Providence won, we had a blast, went to the game on Friday, which was the semifinals, uh, where they played number 11 Arizona and won, it was awesome, and then we woke up Saturday and just crushed Disneyland for 12 hours, we just hit every single ride that an adult would want to hit. It was an amazing, amazing day from beginning to end. And then we woke up Saturday, had kind of a nice low-key day at Starbucks and caught up on some work and then played number three, Michigan State, in the Honda Center, which is where the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim play NHL hockey. And Providence was playing like champions. We were up by four points with four minutes left. Unfortunately, Michigan State did pull it out, but it was I was so proud of my boys. And I woke up Monday morning to the number 23rd ranked team in the country, Providence Friars. So it was so much fun. I kind of uh, skipped over a couple meetups that we had too. There was uh, on Friday, we had a reception where about 200 people showed up. There were all alumni out on the West Coast. And then on Sunday before the game, we all um, got a, uh, had a room that was reserved for us in a restaurant that we had a blast at. So we got to watch the Patriots as well. So it was just an overall great weekend. And again, it was just me getting that email and saying, you know what, this is going to be a great opportunity. I could stay home and do what I probably should do, which is work on the Freedom Journal campaign and catch up on some other things and do this and do that. Or I could just take life by the horns, know that I'm going to have a blast doing this right and know that I'm going to squeeze and work when I have to and when I can and play catch up if I have to afterwards and make things happen. So Kate, what say you? A catch-up week it has been. (laughs) (laughs) Kate's been working hard and late. I will vouch for that. But it was so worth it. It was such an amazing weekend, such a good time. Like you said, 
you know, an opportunity that we easily could have been like, you know what, we should probably just stay home and work. But you know what, sometimes those are like the funnest weekends. And John, really quick before we move on, what's the name of that book that we used to totally crush Disneyland? The Unofficial Guide of Disneyland's. Oh, see, go figure. Like, I should remember that. It's an amazing book, though. If you plan on visiting Disneyland or Disney World, there are two versions. You should definitely check this out. It gave us the route that we should take to get on the most rides in the least amount of time, which I thought was really cool. Speaking of amazing Fire Nation, I... I'm simply amazed at the initial feedback that I'm getting so far for the Freedom Journal. I mean, this has been absolutely a passion project of mine. I poured my heart and my soul into it, and I really wanted it to be something special, but you just never know. And I've actually told Kate this story, and and this is actually the first time I'm actually sharing with somebody outside of Kate, but you know, I've been mailing the Freedom Journals out to all the people that are going to be on my show. There's 33 past guests that are coming back on for the month of January into early February. So I've been mailing them advanced copies of the Freedom Journal, and they've been getting them and loving them, and they've been giving me great feedback, and I've appreciated that. But what really blew me out of the water is that I've gone to the UPS store three different times. The first time I dropped off, I think it was like 15 or 20 copies, and I had an extra one, so I gave it to the guy that was doing the fulfillment. I was like, dude, I just appreciate you doing this fulfillment. Like, thank you. Here's the addresses. He was like, cool, dude. I'll take care of it. He called me later. He's like, yeah, took care of all of them. They're all mailed. Uh, awesome. Bye. Came back uh, about a week later to mail like seven more. And the girl behind the counter is like, how oh, we've been talking about these. Like you, you've been selling a lot of these. And I go, no, actually, I'm just, you know, giving them as, as advanced copies to people that are going to be talking on my podcast. She's like, we are really just impressed. And she actually made the comment. She goes, I'm actually in recovery. And this is something I could really use. Um, in my recovery, like going forward. And I was like, I never even thought about that. Like someone that would, would look at the Freedom Journal and see that they could use it for something like that. But of course, it makes so much sense. That is her number one goal in 100 days. And then just last night, I made another drop off and that same guy was there from the first day and he looked at me. He's like a 22-year-old, really nice kid, but you can tell like he just, you know, still figuring things out like most people are at 22. And he's like, wow, I'm writing in this every single day. I'm on day 23 right now. This is amazing. This is going to be a Barnes & Noble bestseller. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to put it in a Barnes & Noble probably. And he's just like, what? Like, how can you not put it in? Like, he was like really fired up about it. And just seeing like how genuine he was and how excited he was that he was a part of like this distribution of the Freedom Journal it just blew me away and it made me really realize and hopeful that the Freedom Journal is going to have the type of impact that I am really hoping that it does have. Not, you know, just for entrepreneurs. Of course, for you, Fire Nation, for entrepreneurs, I want it to have a massive impact. But the thought that it might, you know, help this girl over her recovery or addiction or and the help might make this guy, you know, get that actual job that he wants, you know, an X, Y, or Z, whatever that might be. Like, it's just mind blowing to me that this could reach people that my podcast could never reach because they would never find or listen to EO Fire, but they get the book right away when they see it and they really just get excited about it. And to see that firsthand was super special and it makes me even more fired up to announce that we are having an official Freedom Journal launch party. It's going to be here in San Diego on January 4th, the day that we launch the Freedom Journal campaign Right here in San Diego, we're doing a launch party. Kate has found a killer spot to host this Freedom Journal party. 
We're going to have a blast. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be a gumball machine that's EO Fire branded. I mean, (laughs) you name it, it is literally going to be there. Um, A lot of awesome entrepreneurs who you all know are in San Diego. They are going to be attending this party as well. I mean, we are pulling out all the stops. We're going to have a blast. And we do have tickets available. So if you're hearing my voice and you're saying, man, I can see myself being out in San Diego on January 4th for this launch party, for the Freedom Journal launch party, all you need to do is visit eofire.com slash launch. That will take you to our Eventbrite page. And if there are any tickets left, we would love for you to snag one. We would love to see you there. We're going to be doing some super cool things to kick off the Freedom Journal launch party. I actually just got done um, the photos shoot that I did for the Freedom Journal and got the pictures back and they look great. Any any day now, Caleb is going to be complete with the Kickstarter video for the Freedom Journal, which is super exciting. And if anybody um, knows Caleb, he's actually Pat Flynn's videographer for SBI TV. And he used to be with Fizzle.co and now he's off doing his own thing in the video world. So Caleb Wojcik absolutely knocked it out of the park picture-wise. And I'm expecting he's going to knock it out of the park with this video because that is his specialty. So I'm super excited to see and share that with you, Fire Nation. But overall, I'm just fired up about the Freedom Journal. We have 20,000 actually printed copies of the Freedom Journal that are, as we speak, being delivered to warehouses in America. There's one in Indiana through Amazon and one here in LA through Shipwire. So that when you actually pledge to the campaign January 4th and beyond, guess what? You're going to actually get the Freedom Journal in your hands in February. It's going to be a quick turnaround time. You're going to be holding the physical product of the Freedom Journal. And just to remind anybody that might not know, we've partnered with Pencils of Promise. Adam Braun, a past guest of EO Fire, launched this great organization that builds schools in developing countries. Every time we hit a funding goal, I'm going to be donating on behalf of Fire Nation $25,000 to build a school in a developing country. So by pledging to the Freedom Journal campaign, you are not only giving yourself the gift of accomplishing your number one goal, you're giving the gift of education to those less fortunate. And it is just something that I get so excited and my entire just like hair stands up all over my body because it just really electrifies me the change this is going to bring in the world, both the people that get the Freedom Journal and actually set and accomplish number one goal, but also to what's going to be happening and the schools are going to be built and the kids that are going to be educated because of you, because of your pledge, because of your investment in yourself and in them. So visit thefreedomjournal.com, sign up for the early interest list. And again, we're going to be giving you gifts. We have two killer gifts for people that sign up on that interest list. And we're going to be alerting you first when we open the doors for the Freedom Journal Kickstarter campaign. So just visit thefreedomjournal.com or text the word journal to 33444. That's just journal to 33444. And you will get those gifts and you will be the first notified when the doors open on this exciting campaign. So Kate, I just had a mouthful, but um, what did I miss? Well, I definitely want to give a shout out to Caleb's wife, Jen Wojcik, who edited the photos. And hopefully we can, are we allowed to share those yet or not yet? I think so. 
Okay, so if we are allowed to share those, we should. Um, we'll have a couple on the post that you can check out. And Jen just did an amazing job editing. Um, she is a professional photographer and is just amazing at what she does. So I want to give her a shout out. I also want to say, if you were listening to John talk about the launch party, but you're like, there's just no way that I can be in San Diego during that time. The space that I checked out for where we're going to hold this is actually a co-working space. And they are right now creating a room that's going to be dedicated to podcast, audio, and video recording. And if that studio is ready, John, I think it would be really amazing if we did like maybe a live blab so that even if you can't be at the launch party in person, maybe you could join us online and we'll certainly be having more information coming out about this. Again, they're still working on this room, so it's kind of pending, but hopefully they'll have it ready. And if you sign up for the Freedom Journal interest list, then you'll definitely be sure that you'll hear whether or not we're able to do that. So even if you can't join us live at the launch party in person, you could join us live online and that would be really awesome too. And we will keep you updated on the Freedom Journal interest list, which again is at thefreedomjournal.com. So Fire Nation, let's dive into November's breakdown for income. And I'm just going to kind of buzz through this because again, all the details, eofire.com slash income 27. This is our 27th income report. So eofire.com slash income 27. You can see Everything in 100% detail. Some of the highlights I want to focus on, we did do $97,000 in sponsorship income, which is massive. Uh, We did do uh, $4,000 via ClickFunnels, uh, $5,000 via Create Awesome Online Courses and Davis Seitman Garland. That webinar we did with Graham Baldwin, Booked and Paid to Speak, generated over $4,600. The Zero to Launch affiliate that we have with Ramit, $7,936. So you can start to see Fire Nation. Even when we close things down, we still generate revenue from passive, from joint ventures, just from things we've done in the past. So really important stuff across the board to just realize that, hey, we are building a business here with different revenue streams, with multiple revenue streams, with diversified revenue streams. And we're trying to share what we're learning and what we're also failing in uh, when we do this as well. Expenses, they were high because, you know, just because we closed down Paradise doesn't mean our business closed. So they stayed high and they were just about at $80,590. Now, you know, we're just increased our payroll to John and Kate. So that was $18,000 that we had to, you know, deduct out of there as well. So our total net profit for November 2015 is $71,691. And you know what? I'm happy with that. I think that we really had a, a number of strong areas that we generated revenue. And I think overall, you know, we're looking forward to a, a great future with Podcasters Paradise now that we've made the shift, taken away lifetime and, and put it into the monthly recurring or annual recurring situation that it now is. So Kate, we're kind of at the end now. We're uh, approaching an hour, believe it or not. Um, what exactly do you want to end this with? What do you want to share with Fire Nation as we kind of close down in November? Well, I feel like kind of a recurring theme in this income report was seizing opportunities. 
Um, we talked a lot about how we had a ton of fun in the month of November. We did a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily related to our business. And that was as a result of us seizing opportunities. Now, there are a lot of things that we did do related to our business, obviously. But a lot of those things also were a result of seizing an opportunity. John, the Freedom Journal wouldn't exist if you wouldn't have had that idea and said, you know what, I have no idea if this is going to work. I don't know how people are going to respond to this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to seize this opportunity and I'm going to find out through taking action. Same with the Podcasters Paradise Cruise. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to turn out, but we seized the opportunity. We went ahead and we did it and we have a ton of lessons learned from that. We're really excited to continuously improve what it is that we have to offer through these lessons learned that we have all as a result of seizing the opportunity, taking action, and making sure that we learn lessons in everything that we do. So that's my wrap today. Fire Nation, that is a wrap. And until next month, keep your fire burning. Peace. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you ready to share your voice with the world? Text podcast course to 33444. That's podcast course, all one word, no spaces to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 15 day podcast course in no time flat. Today is your day, Fire Nation. Ignite.